Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, oh, man. Um, uh, heart, heart is still in... Choking. I think... Heart I don't think... I don't, didn't think it was possible to have a gang that was going to be more tense than the last 10 minutes against Liverpool last week. <laughs> and somehow we managed it. That was more stressful than Liverpool. Well, oh, if, if we want to be in the big games these days, we can expect more nail biters. At the end of the day, you don't have nail biters when you're in eighth. You know what I mean? And we want As to I... be there when the big prizes get handed out. And we, we collectively, as Gooners, have to get our hearts ready for this now. Do you know what I mean? So, as I would say, we had to suffer. <laughs> yeah. to suffer. Oh, uh, Arteta's become Tony fucking Montana all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. I, I, I just feel like let, let, let's cut the let's cut the preamble and let's just get right into it. What do we reckon, guys? Yeah, uh, let's it's, do it. it's so much to talk to. Matt doesn't have much time. Uh, turn that loop off, get that music on, and let's go. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. It's 45 minutes late. We're missing Manchester City versus Liverpool, but we are here on the whistle after the worst performance of the season, but was gifted three points in the process. Uh, Johnny and Matt, welcome to the show. Uh, Johnny, there's a, a, a late-breaking news story regarding your life right now. Maybe we should get that out of the way right now so our Patreon users don't think we're ripping them off. Yeah, um, shout-out to all the patrons. You know we do love you. But guess what, guys? We have promised you, if you're part of our Patreon, that we are going to give you one podcast a week. That is, if you didn't read the small print, unless one of us has a new child to welcome to the world. And I have a new child, and so I was un- unfortunately unavailable. For good reasons, though. Yes, baby Otis has joined the world. Um, I personally couldn't be happier. It was so much smoother than the last um, uh, pregnancy that we- and labour, I should say, that we both went through. Certainly my wife, the-, the lion's share of it, but me as well. My heart, you know, my heart and emotions were all over the gaff. But I tell you what, he's absolutely gorgeous. 
he was straight into his Arsenal baby onesie, straight out the womb, into the onesie. You know, I told him he was a gooner straight away. And honestly, guys, I couldn't be happier. I know there's people out there who don't want kids. I respect all of that. But for me, I've always wanted them. And it makes your life feel complete. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel genuinely delighted. So, sorry, patrons, but I'm kind of not sorry. All I will say is if I ever have another kid, you might not get your free podcast a week. The problem is I'm not having another one. I'm getting snipped, okay? So guess what, Patreons? You're always going to get you before the whistles because I am not having any more kids. No way. That's me done. And if there are any healthcare companies that want to sponsor that snip, <laughs> it's pedro at legrove.co.uk. All inquiries will be welcome. Maybe we'll do a live stream from the snipping scenario. <laughs> Uh, and if, just while we're here, guys, uh, patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal opinion. You can join up to Patreon for £3.50 a month. That's uh, recession proof. Uh, you get a load of uh, exclusive content nice and early. Okay, um, the let's listen. Absolutely uh, horrible performance out there today, but we took the three points. Uh, the hottest of take is going to be absolutely spicy as hell. Matt Candela, I'm going to you today for the hottest of takes. And I do have you on mute unmute yourself my friend yeah the hottest to take i mean um i think the game was obviously there was the farce at the beginning where they couldn't get var working basically or whatever it was a power cut or uh communication tools between the ref and i think i tweeted before the game can't we just play the game and just get on with it without all the tech and just you know remember how it used to be thank god no one listened to that because in the end we had our asses spared by VAR, I thought we really rode our luck. Um, that was the right decision. But even I felt guilty at how Leeds are basically going away with nothing today because I thought they were the superior team for the majority of the game. But you know what? That's what champions do, right? They just grind it out. We've got three games to go until the World Cup. Three games to go. We're a quarter of the way through the final sort of stage of the season. We've got the three points. We've got nine more points to play for. I'm absolutely buzzing that we have now had the best ever Premier League start to the season by an Arsenal team. Johnny, someone just said in the comments that going through Labour was easier than watching the Arsenal this afternoon. Johnny, I'm going to you for the second hottest of takes for today. <laughs> I love that. And everyone who's saying congrats in the comments, I appreciate it. Thank you. Wonderful. What, what a lovely community we've got going on here. Wonderful audience. Now, um, I understand, and I and I actually think that we're pretty much going to go down the line on this in terms of the Gooner community, and that is we rode our luck, and we were lucky. We could have got beat, should have got beat, all of this. I'm going to come at it from a different uh, perspective. What a performance that that was. And I mean, we didn't play particularly well. In the second half, we were atrocious at times. But to dig in those games, to gut it out and walk off with three points, I tell you what, these are the kinds of games that start making people think that something very big is possible because we had no right getting three points out of that game, and yet we did. And I tell you what, Leeds would be going there going, oh, no, a big boy's just come in and stolen all our lunch money and they didn't deserve it. Yeah, guess what? That's what we do because we're top of the league. And you got dealt with like everyone else has got dealt with. It's the first game this year we haven't deserved to win. You know, even United, we deserve to win that game. We were the better team today. I thought we were definitely the better team in the first half uh, and got our um, just desserts in the first half. I thought we looked really good. But 
what this actually comes down to, and I'm sure we'll go into some of this, I think this was the first game when I really saw um, the fatigue factor settling in, setting in from the Europa League in midweek. They're coming out here, some of our best performers, not only our best performers, but the best performers in the league in terms of personnel, had bad games. Saliba, you know, you know how I feel about the man, didn't have a great game. But I want to use a little adage to sum it up as to why I believe that, you know, we saw that performance. And it was particularly in the second half. And I'm a big UFC fan as well, big MMA fan. And one of the sayings they say is fatigue makes cowards of us all. And that basically is you can have an elite fighter who is just, you know, would basically clear a weather spoons if they went on, on a mad one, you know, just knocking people out. But when they get tired, you can't do anything. I've seen the most terrifying fighters do it, and they just cave in. And basically, it just speaks to the fact that when you get tired, even though your ability could be, you know, uh, meaning that you could perform at su such a high level, you're just simply not prepared. You're, you're not able to execute to that level. And I thought there were a few players who looked really tired, really, um, you know, not up to it in the second half. And for us to have got out of there with three points with that level of a tired performance, I thought is actually something that we should all be very, very happy with and, and might be ominous for other teams. So two really good heights of takes. Yeah, I think we got away with it. And I think the fatigue thing, it's important to understand that Arsenal played on a plastic pitch on Thursday. Uh, anybody will know, especially men in their mid to late 30s are like, yeah, I'll come over five aside. Everyone <laughs> knows what that does to your knees. It is not good to play on a, a rock hard service if you're not used to it. A lot of professionals um, refuse to train on the plastic surfaces because it takes takes the energy out of your legs. And it certainly looked like the flattest performance of the season. Um, and that's no easy trip that we made on Thursday. We took the whole first team out there. They all would have been training on that. So maybe there's a little bit of a pass there. But we should also probably give a bit of credit to Leeds because they were fantastic. Um, my uh, my hottest of takes is, look, last season, uh, we're losing that game. Gabriel's getting sent off. Uh, the penalty's standing. Uh, Bamford's not sticking it wide. And um, that handball in the first half in the penalty goes against us. Um, Lady Luck is back in the room. And she has not been with us for two and a half years. Let's be perfectly honest. Arsenal have been one of the unluckiest sides um, over the last few, few years with refereeing decisions, uh, with things that have happened on the pitch, injuries. Finally, she announces herself. So I thought we got away with that today. But my, my thing with results like that is great teams grind them out. They get away with it. Great teams have a lot of luck. How much luck have Liverpool had over the last few years? How much luck did Manchester City get? Yeah. Um, Arsenal have had none of it. And I feel like the, the celebrations at the end of that game were because Arteta knew that we got away with it and great teams get away with it. Now, we need to bounce back um, after that and we need to put in a great performance because Southampton away is, is a nightmarish scenario for us. And if we play like that Southampton away, Lady Luck doesn't even get in the gates. Uh, at St. Mary's. So we need to improve. But I, I, I think that you can't keep on playing every game at 100%. You have to have bad performances. And then you, th when bad performances come, that's where you see who digs deep. And I thought the players dig deep. And yeah, we didn't deserve it. Um, but we're top of the league. And that is Arsenal's best start ever in the Premier League. I don't know if it goes further back, but best start ever. And I love it because it overshadows 
what Spurs did yesterday. Spurs' is best start ever, and they're, what, four points behind us? It's amazing. Antonio Conte, the, gener- the generational manager, the, the, the person that they said Arteta should be sacked for, Arteta's breaking new records, and I think it's fantastic. All right, I've got a bit of a... Johnny, it's, you're going to have to excuse me here. I'm entering the world of comedy. Um, is it Easter because Jesus disappeared? Badum. Oh, yeah. I yeah? Yeah, let's yeah. let's go on to our first topic. Maybe the uh, delivery wasn't uh, that good. Maybe the joke was terrible. Maybe I should just leave the jokes to you, Johnny. But I thought that, that was quite funny because Jesus does disappear uh, and then resurrects over Easter. Our Jesus did not uh, resurrect himself today. Was that his most anonymous performance? Did Arteta bring him back too early? What went wrong with him today? And should he be pulled at halftime? Because he was pretty bad. Johnny, I'm going to go to you first with this question. Yeah, look. And I think one of the points I'm going to be making in general will be naturally coming in here. And I and I think it's to do in general with, it's not just about Jesus. I think he was one example of a number of players who were showing that fatigue I was talking about. Not just from Europa, but from the games that they've played recently. And I said last week on this very, on the Whistle podcast, I said I'd like to see some rotation in this Leeds game. Did I not? Did I not say... I'd like to see Eddie Nketiah starting. I'd like to see, you you know, give Vieira a chance. And one of the reasons why I thought it was is because I don't think that Leeds, purely on ability, have anything to worry people like Nketiah, like Vieira. I'm not saying you play all like the backup team, no way. But put a few players in there who are hungry and who are going to be playing at 100%. And obviously when you've not played week in, week out, you're more ready to go. And I thought this was, the uh, you know, uh, uh, obviously a good example being Jesus. First game where he just did not look at it. He didn't. He missed a big chance as well uh, in a gu- in, a, in a gu- an opportunity that realistically, it, it's got to go in. It's got to go in. And these are the kinds of moments that they can completely swing games because what we've been doing lately is we've been kicking people's teeth in early and they know that they're getting beaten and then their heads start to drop. What we did today was we gave Leeds encouragement. We gave them a lot of encouragement that they could they, they got to go in at halftime and say, you know what, there's something here for us today. And they came out in the second half, looked like the only people there. But what we've seen from Jesus up until now is he has been the tip of the spear. He is, he is led by example in terms of his exuberance and his energy not fun. He's hounding. And that looked flat to me. He wasn't running the same way that he usually does. And uh, again, the point I guess I was making at the start of what I'm going to make overall, if you're not going to start these players, the one bit of critique I'm going to give Arteta, because I do think that some of his management in terms in-game tactical was actually very good. I love when he moved to three at the back. I mean, alarm bells were ringing for everyone. I'd, I'd like to see it earlier. But you've the biggest thing for me that is worrying me of him You've got to make subs earlier. I don't know why we're letting... When you can see the game go in a certain way, he's so reluctant to make these changes. With the game, the way that we are playing, we have to have... We want, obviously, our best players on the pitch, but we have to have players who are willing to run 10 out of 10. Do you know what I mean? They've got the energy in their legs. Because the moment you start getting players whose game is not, you know, in any small part, built around hounding and harassing defenders and constant running and their energy levels drop, 
suddenly the whole team doesn't perform in that way. And I thought Jesus encapsulated that. And for me, it was crying out for Eddie Nketiah earlier. Of course, he doesn't offer as much in terms of his, you know, lethal finishing. I, I, you know, he's a decent finisher, but not quite as, you know, uh, um, productive as Jesus. But what he would have go, what he would have given us is a lot more running, given the Leeds defenders a hell of a lot more to think about. And I think that um, Arteta was slow to react on that front. So we got away with it on that front. Matt, do you think that the Gabriel Jesus uh, performance kind of captures some of the weaknesses of Arteta last season where he just played players into the ground and then we'd end up having to roll with no Thomas Partey for a long time? Or can we just not expect Gabriel Jesus to be bringing 10 out of 10s to every single game? What do you think? Yeah, I was thinking about it a bit earlier when the team news came out and I was thinking, would I have started him? I think we've been talking about whether Eddie could get a run out. But the problem we've got is that when we're at our best, it's Thomas Partey and Gabriel Jesus leading the charge. They're the two most influential players. They're also probably the two players who we can't really replace in the squad. Everyone else, we've sort of got a solution. Maybe maybe we haven't for Saka. But those sort of three players, we just we just don't have a solution. The squad isn't deep enough or good enough. Um, and then you just look at it and you go, look, for all that we talk about it, we haven't played that many games this season. And, and we've, we've had a lot of rest. You know, um, we had a very quiet month before this month. He hasn't played a huge amount of football. He didn't play in the week. You know, he didn't start in the week. We got PSV in the week this week. So when you look at it like that, you go, well, of course he should play because he's our best player and it's a tough away game. And I've sort of got my eye on that home game against Nottingham Forest as a, as a break for him. You know, that's one for Eddie to start, lead the line on. Eddie's going to start against PSV on Thursday, I'd imagine. So I don't think it's anything about, I don't think he should have been rested today because he's played too much football. So the question then is, was he carrying a niggle? Was he carrying an injury? I mean, I thought what happened was he was clattered against Liverpool and therefore I didn't think it was a muscular thing. I thought it was a, a knock on his head. Um, so he shouldn't have really been feeling that. Um, I think he just wasn't at the races, but I do agree. I think we should have seen what was happening to the game and brought Eddie on earlier because Eddie could have just defended from the front with a bit more energy early on. I'm sort of worried about this tiredness conversation because every top team and every top group of players needs to be able to deliver seven, eight out of 10 performances three times a week. And out of all the team that played today, I mean, it was Erdegaard, Saliba, um, you know, Saka, they were the only real, you know, the, the main players who were playing this week. It wasn't the whole team playing a tough game. And thank God we're not in the Champions League. Because imagine if that was an away game in the Champions League. It's way harder than, frankly, against a bunch of part-timers in Bodo Glimp. I mean, that's that's a little bit harsh, but it's, it's not even Eintracht Frankfurt where Spurs had to go and then deliver a performance. So definitely some warning signs for me about our squad, the depth of it, our ability to manage multiple games. But you know what games I love to learn from? Games where we also get the three points because we manage to get all, we can get all the learnings, but we don't relinquish any type of position or points in the process. And I think if there was even a hint of complacency, I don't think it was complacency necessarily, although I don't think the performance and the application was quite there. I think, I think, I think, I think, they, they were trying, but I think, you know, the legs weren't quite doing what the mind wanted to. But, you know, there are, there are, there are definite lessons that if we think that Southampton away 
next weekend, I think it is. A few days after PSV at home is going to be an easy game. I expect as difficult a game against Southampton. And I think we should be looking at those two games as a pair. Um, but, you know, we also got another bit of luck because that City game is postponed. And I wouldn't want to be playing City three days after this game. So we're getting all the roles at the moment. And, um, you know, long may it continue. But I don't think tiredness can really be an excuse after the amount of football we've played this week. But this year, but, you know, we live and we learn and we move on. I think, that, yeah, I think I'm more. I think I'm more with Johnny on this one. It's like you could see that it wasn't Jesus's day. Sub him. Give don't give Eddie six minutes. Give him thirty five. You know, bring him on at half time. Give him a run out. Like Eddie and Ketia is more than capable of playing against Leeds United. More than capable. So I think it's um, Arteta has got to make subs early. It felt like um, it felt like we were really letting Leeds have their way with us for a very long time before anybody came on or anything. Uh, anything really changed and that could have been a different story and I, I think you're right Matt about um, Southampton you know the, they both had coaches in that play the red ball way they they give you possession they press hard and they try and force errors so Southampton have just been given a bit of a blueprint for um, for next week so we've got to be prepared for the exact same game against Southampton next week and also understanding that we don't really like playing against Southampton in general. But I'm sure Gabriel Jesus will be back to his best. Don't take him to the PSV game. You know, give him a proper rest. Um, because I, I know that you say that we haven't played a lot of football, Matt. But I think, you know, he played a lot of football last year, travelled around a lot last year. Liverpool are really struggling because I don't know how many games they played, like 63 or something last season. Um, I think that maybe some of the players that have been at bigger clubs um, have a little bit more... Um, a little bit more of an excuse because they're they're struggling. But yeah, I expect to see Gabriel Jesus back to his best next game. But let's give Eddie that Nottingham Forest game. I watched them yesterday. I will never get that ninety back, that ninety minutes back. What a garbage, what a garbage setup they've got there. Considering they spent two hundred million in the summer. Um, okay, all right. Let's move on to something more positive now. Um, Aaron Ramsdale. Oh my God, was it an Aaron Ramsdale redemption out there today? He made uh, a couple of absolutely outstanding saves in the first half. He was off his line quickly in the second half. He uh, saved uh, William Saliba. His blushes um, after a little bit of a confusion. Um, his kicking was great all game. Uh, Leeds were shooting from crosses, and he was dealing with everything out there. Matt Candela, the Ram- the Ramsdalians are at the front gates. Are they ready to storm uh, the castle of doubters? That, uh, that were waiting for him. Yeah, I mean, I think you've been a little bit harsh on him. You've you've had a maybe uh, you've, you've fallen, you've left the Ramsdalians a little bit. You've you've just sort of gone off them a little bit. But I get it. He hasn't been at his, maybe his most confident best. But I think that's because last season he had to carry the team a lot more in terms of his type of character, and he was called on to make many more saves. I mean. I think this performance actually today was very reminiscent of a lot of performances last season. It reminded me a bit of that Aston. I don't think he was playing in that game, but that Aston Villa when Leno played, which was sort of backs to the wall. A few other big games where we managed to get the points, and and I thought he was he was absolutely fantastic today. He made some big saves, saves that he had absolutely no right to make. Uh, Patrick Bamford came on and caused chaos in that second half. Uh, and the only thing that was really off was his finishing. But Ramsdale was quick. He was alert. He made second saves. He did some play acting. Uh, he tasted his own snot at one point. You know, he was he was he was absolutely 
just everywhere. It was an all-action performance. And I love the fact that as they're in the dressing room now, they're probably all like, you know, we owe Ramsdale uh, those three points. And it's been a while that we've, we've had to rely on him like that. It's been a while since he's been the difference maker. But it's it was it was good. And I think it almost suits him when he's a bit more involved in the game um, than, than is sort of not called upon for vast stretches of the time. I think he enjoyed himself out there. I think he liked the banter. I think he liked the away game. So, yeah, Ramsdalians, they, they've, um, you know, membership has been dwindling, but today they are, they, they're, they're in full voice. Uh, Johnny, you have a, you have two, two memberships. Uh, obviously you're uh, king of the Saliba ultras, but there's a, there's a subgroup and you have been, you have been at the events where the Ramsdalians uh, are talking up their, their main man. Uh, those events haven't been as packed recently. But is Aaron Ramsdale back to his best? Is he eyeing up that England spot after watching Pickford do uh, do a disgrace against uh, Spurs yesterday? What's going on there? Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was really keen to talk about Ramsdale today, and that was in no small part because in recent times, I think both you and I, Matt, uh, Pete, have um, I think rightfully called we, we, what we've never done is been like. And he's like, you know, not going to be the guy for us, all of this. We've just simply said the standards have started to drop in recent or recent times, you know, and we'd love him to get back to that old form. And one of the things that was becoming worrying was that period when he first came in and he was dropping world-class performances. And it's not just about when you think of a goalkeeper, it's not just about making the occasional save. There were games where he was literally winning us three points. Of course, he didn't, you know, get us three points on his own because he didn't score. He's a goalkeeper. But you're talking about a guy who's saving, you know, two or three clear goal-scoring opportunities that usually would go in for anyone who is human and not gone into their full form as a Ramsdalian. He evolved, you know, in that stage. But we hadn't seen those performances for a while, but we have seen a little bit of an uptick in form. This was a return to form for Aaron absolutely superb. Now, I'll tell you what, you know, he was getting a bit of stick from the Leeds fans. He's from not too far away from that kind of area as well. And he's obviously played for um, the Sheffield club, uh, Sheffield United before. He will be feeling that kind of, you know, he won't go hiding when he's got to go away to Leeds and he didn't go hiding. And I thought not just the big saves of which we've got to give full credit for. There was one, I think it was in the first half, Literally, it's like a slap shot, got down low and, uh, you know, and spilled it out wide. It was absolutely brilliant. Those are the kinds of things that go in so often, not just for Arsenal, for everyone. I thought it was a superb save. But, and obviously, uh, he made a couple of really good saves as well. But what I was impressed by today was he finally started coming for crosses, punching, clearing out, because it was quite clear what Leeds wanted to do. When they started to see that certain players weren't up for it today, you know, and we, we talked, we kind of hinted to at it, but, you know, with my point about some of the fatigue setting in, the likes of Saliba and stuff, when they're getting tired and they have to go into games like this, this is where, despite being, for me, the top defender in the league this year, you know, his head started to go down and he's not going to have been in environments like this where Leeds thought, you know what, let's pile it on, let's get physical with them. And obviously, it was causing issues. But there was a guy who didn't succumb to the physical pressure at all. And that was Aaron Ramsdale. 
coming for crosses, punching things away. I thought he was, you know, he dominated his box. And there's no question about it, in my opinion, if Aaron Ramsdale's not playing, not only do I think we don't get the win, I think we get beaten today. I thought he was absolutely sensational. And I, and I really think, you know, I want to take this time to make it abundantly clear. I thought this was an absolute return to form. And this was back into the the zone where he is picking... Because if you're ever going to challenge for a league, you need a keeper who is going to get you minimum about nine points a year, just off of their performances alone. Games where you have no right winning, but they basically do superhuman shit, Ramsdalian shit, where you look around and go, whew, we are skating by the seat of our pants, but our keeper's just not letting them score today. And even though he didn't save the penalty, he was in... Bamford's head, he was set, he made himself so big that Bamford got in his own head. You know, again, Trent Alexander-Arnold, let us know which counsellor you're using because Patrick Bamford needs it now. A lot of these guys are rattled when they play Arsenal, but it really, you know, it really deserves special commendation for Aaron Ramsdale's performance today. I thought he's easily our best player. And it, again, once again, return to form. Well done, Aaron. It is, it is interesting reading through the stats because it felt like Aaron Ramsdale made 16 saves today. Uh, there were only four shots on target all game. But it felt like Aaron Ramsdale really earned his money out there. Uh, he, it, when, when he's got that aura of confidence, he makes everybody confident in the back line. And that's how it felt at the start of last season. Nothing was going to get past him. And he was back to his best today. He made some exceptional saves. I love the way that he commanded his box. And... It is, it's absolutely key that he's confident when playing out the back because if he's a little bit off, it it radiates. When he's lacking confidence, you can see it. He doesn't disguise it very well, um, but he was brilliant with the ball at his feet today. And yeah, I, I, he, he really made a difference out there. And I listen, Johnny, there are a lot of Americans that watch this show. And what you've got to understand about Americans, because I'm, I'm in the sort of MLS scene right now and I see what goes on. The Americans did not like the way Pulisic was treated at Chelsea. They started calling uh, Tuchel's regime the Tuchelaban. And next thing you know, <laughs> Tuchel's out. Guess who's back on the start, in the starting 11? It's Pulisic, because Graham Potter knows. Don't, don't fuck with Americans. Um, Matt Turner had a great game in the week, and he really turned it on. And Arteta's going to have to watch it, because if it seems like Matt Turner's not getting a look in, uh, when Aaron Ramsdale's out of form, it's going to be trouble. So I thought that maybe uh, Matt Turner's performance in the week where he made some really good saves, maybe that's driving Ramsdale. Maybe he's getting a little bit worried. Maybe there really is competition there. Uh, and maybe uh, maybe Matt Turner is a little bit responsible for the performance out there today. But it's great to see Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale doing well because let's be honest, Nick Pope ahead of Aaron Ramsdale. Are you kidding me, Gareth? Jordan Pickford. He's out there talking to himself yesterday. The, the you Pickford one's me? a piss take. Uh, Nick Pope's an actual good keeper. He's big rubbish issue. with the he ball. Can't, at his feet, he can't play, play with the ball at his feet, exactly. Jordan Pickford's just shit. What are you talking about? So, yeah, give Aaron a chance. Yeah, absolute madness out there today. But um, great to see that he's, he's, he's putting himself out there. And if, uh, if Gareth Southgate decides to actually play the players that are performing well, maybe we'll see him starting between the sticks this summer. Uh, not summer, this winter, because the World Cup's in the winter. Oddly. Okay, all right. Um, let's move on to... Um, why don't we talk about... Uh... 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The new Lord of Chaos in the building. Now, I've been going at this for a while, and people are like, no, you're being unfair. Uh, Gabriel, big Gabriel, centre-back Gabriel, he plays every minute. He's doing really well. Not enough credit is given because he's not William Saliba. And I'm saying, no, every single game, the Lord, the new Lord of Chaos does something mental, and he's always at the heart of a defensive mistake. Today, in the first half, I thought he was lucky um, with a bit of a handball in the first half. I think it was him. And then in the 92nd minute, he's through on Bamford. There's no danger. He gets shoved over and decides to kick Bamford about three times, it looked like. I thought it was an absolutely ridiculous thing to do. Like, there's no pressure in the 92nd minute. You're you're about to see out a really, really difficult game. The referee initially red cards him. And then, like, somehow Paul Tierney says, you've got to take a look at this. The ref looks at... Bamford shoving him over about 15 times. And lucky, and lucky for us, because we've seen them not give him, says that was a foul. And then Gabriel gets a yellow card instead. I'm sitting here, Johnny, thinking, I wish he'd got a red card so we could see what Ben White next to Saliba looks like. Because every single game, Gabriel does something crazy. Is it about time to take him out of the team? And what, like, can you fathom what he was thinking, Johnny? So... I've, I also, like you, have been, at the very least, expressing concern with a guy for a while. I I used to believe that, and, and I, I understand that he clearly offers something to our defence. He is obviously very athletic, he's imposing, he has an intensity which, in some games, serves us very well. There's not many strikers that can bully him, but mentally, he's starting to show a fragility, which is not just, you know, for those that uh, might argue, it's kind of become a bit more glaring because Saliba, who is very calm and assured after 10 games, is kind of showing that by comparison. No, there are certain bits that he's doing now which are starting to cause real concern. Because if you want to stay in the, you know, in the race in the long haul, you just can't have loose cannons. And 
I do think it was a definite, it was a definite foul on him. But you know what? Sometimes things don't get called. You've got to be smarter than that. Because the other thing is he's not just kind of, you know, on the sidelines, minding his own business as someone's come careering into him. He's tried to do the cute bit of play, which defenders do. He's not alone. Everyone does. He's trying to shield the ball off. So guess what? Strikers might run into you. That's what happens. Just like when you're seeing the ball out, someone will often give you a little nudge. But if you spin around and try and kick out at them, you're going to end up getting a red card. Our game is going to go down the shitter. You definitely do not do that in the box. And it's constantly like he's having these moments where when he's walking off, he's like, he's, he's, he's arguing so vociferously because he knows that he's on shaky ground and he's almost let himself down. I will walk that back one touch in the sense that it's definitely a foul on him. So it should never have been a penalty because the foul is there. I don't I don't really think it the fact is is it might not have been given had Bamford's arms not come out as well. By the end, it looks like a push. So it's a definite foul. But when you factor that in, if this was a completely isolated incident, I think you'd have a lot more grounds for defense. But these kinds of things are happening with you know, an increased regularity and they're looking more glaring because other people aren't doing these things. And right now, when you look at the way that Arsenal used to set up and how teams used to set up against us and the coaches that knew that we were better technically than them, the first thing they're going to say is, see that guy, Granit Xhaka, get into him, launch something on him, put something nasty on him and let him react, let him get sent off. And that's what they do. And we'd see it happen all the time Fans would get frustrated with, you know, the fact that at the very least that, uh, other teams knew to be targeting him. That seems to have somewhat gone out the window now because Granit Xhaka has had his, he's on his redemption tour, looking like one of the best centre midfielders in the league easily, and has started to calm himself down now in those crunch moments. But once, when one disappears, another emerges. And when you start getting these opposing coaches, they're going to say, that Gabriel guy, he is a loose cannon. Get into him. Give him a bit of needle because you can get reactions out of him. And I don't think it was anywhere near. Well, obviously, the, the referee, you know, um, downgrading the red card to a yellow card, which seemed bizarre, but I actually understand, I think, the thought process. I think he looked at it and it wasn't as severe. And ultimately, he's gone for the initial foul from Bamford, so it was never going to be a penalty. But it still, it still warranted a yellow card and still would have drew a penalty had that foul not been given. Um, but you look at it and you say, this guy is has got that in his locker all the time now. And it's a vulnerability in a team that, barring today, you know, every team has bad games, we're starting to look less and less vulnerable in a lot of these areas. But he is certainly developing into a weak point. And just to finalise on this point, you kind of hinted at it there. It would become, I guess, less of an issue if we didn't have a very, very competent or, you know, um, alternative in the form of Ben White, you're talking about a situation where Ben White's playing at a really high level and we haven't seen him play next to Saliba yet. So in a situation where Tommy Asso can quickly come in at right back, looking very good again at right back, I thought he, he was one of our better performances though. You know, Gabriel might need to start getting uh, sat down and said, listen, we can't have these silly... Silly issues coming up because he, you nearly cost us the game today. And another game, it might have gone the other way. 
And I, I'm not necessarily saying I would drop him straight away, but maybe he needs a rest anyway, and maybe you play it like that. But if not, I think he's one more of these decisions away from getting taken out of the team and Ben White being put in at centre-half. There's a few people. We've got Mr. Von Smark in the comments saying Saliba made mistakes today. He did. He did. He, he Yeah, he did. But listen... And I've got somebody else, uh, Zaffa05, saying this, the Gabriel agenda. It's not an agenda if he makes a glaring error that we talk about on every single show. It's not an agenda. It's an agenda mm. if he makes one mistake every 10 games. He makes a big mistake that either costs us something or nearly costs us every single game. There has to come a point where you talk about it, and I guarantee you Mikel Arteta is noticing. Yeah. So it's... um. Uh, it's like, do you do you break down all the goodness that's going on on the right at the moment to bring Ben White in? Or do, do you have to say, Tommy Asu's playing pretty well at the moment. So maybe Tommy Asu does deserve to come back in um, at right back um, at this moment in time. But yeah, very disappointing. I will say though, Johnny, like, and, and this isn't because I've joined the Saliba Ultras. I think the Saliba made an error is when you, when you watch that ball come over the top, in slow motion, you can say, oh my God, why has he got his hand there? Like that ball comes over extremely fast. He's got about 0.2 seconds to move his hand out of the way. I don't think I would classify that as a major error. Now, listen, he did make some errors and he wasn't yeah. at his best today. But like the, the focus here is on the guy that seems to do this every single game at the moment. Yeah. And I know he's only 24. He's a young, young, young center back and he'll get better. But he's got to cut that out of his game because it's problematic at the moment and there is going to come a point where it'll cost us. And the mistake today, it just felt so unnecessary. You, you don't need to be getting angry in the 92nd minute when danger's gone. So what if you get shoved over? It wasn't even that bad a challenge. It was just a little shove. Get up, brush it off, laugh at Bamford and then see out the game. Like all of that drama at the end, no one needed it, especially not my heart, Johnny, especially not my heart. Absolutely. Right. And just to finish on that point, Pete, no one's, first of all, for anyone, you know, piling on Saliba, I'm, I think this was Saliba's worst game. There's no question about it. I think that he made some mistakes. But the reality is, as you've said, no one's having a go at Gabriel for making on mistake. It happens. That does happen. But you can't have defenders who are making, you know, who are losing their head and showing volatility that can cost us games. We used to have that with, do you remember David Luis was just getting sent off at random times? Just completely throws you off. And ruins the good work. And look at Ben White, a master of the dark arts. But you don't see him doing this. You don't see him kicking out at people and getting himself, you know, in these situations. Whereas Gabriel, we've seen it a few times. And to be honest, you know, I, I do think that I, I wouldn't quite drop him at this stage. He's putting some good performances. And as much as anything else, I want Saliba to restabilize. And he's obviously found some kind of partnership with Gabriel. But I'd 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 want Mikel to be talking to Gabriel in no uncertain terms that we need to see you improve and mentally and not be drawn into this nonsense because there'll be other strikers that see you as a great way to get into attacking Arsenal and we don't need that vulnerability. Agree. Okay, before we get on to the next extremely important topic, if you're watching this on YouTube right now and you're just a casual, never been here before, but quite like it, hit that subscribe button now. And then you'll get a notification every time we do this. And we do do this on the regular. And sometimes the time is a little bit off. So that notification helps. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, hit the follow button. So it's always in there, ready for you on your commute on the way to work. And remember, there is a patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal opinion. £3.50 a month. And you get all the before the whistles, unless... 
Johnny has a baby. Unless <laughs> that, that's the caveat. Yeah, that's yeah. the caveat. Okay, Johnny, we're going to move on to a really serious topic, and I didn't know whether to bring it up, but I just, I, I, it happened. It, it kept on coming into shot again and again and again, and I just had enough by the end of it. Jesse Marsh wearing stonewashed jeans, fashion forward or a faux pas? Does he know that he's in the Premier League? <laughs> a blue rinse jean, skinny. What was he thinking? What was Jesse thinking out there? Obviously, the pressure's too much for him and he's caved in. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, what you got to say as well is we are currently in a stage where we've got a pretty, you know, pretty drippy manager. Mikel is one of the best dressed managers around, isn't we? And, you know, people have a go at Mikel for his Lego hair. And understandably so, you know, that, that hair does look like it's been plugged on and could be taken off at the end of the night. But in general... He's very rarely not dressed in, you know, in, in, in he's learned from Pep. You've got to look, if your team's going to look good, you've got to look sharp. Jesse Marsh, unfortunately, looks like he's just caught a little sale down at Primark and just thought, oh, these are some nice dad jeans here. Yeah, absolutely. Two for a tenner. Okay, great. Yeah, got a game later. We'll crack them on. So, um, yeah, look, at the end of the day, Jesse, Jesse basically got what he deserved from Arsenal due to those genes. They should not be sported with such confidence, let alone with a global audience. And I, I, I do like Jesse Marsh. I think he's a good manager. I think what he's done to this Leeds side was exceptional. He didn't deserve to lose that today. I think Leeds are going to do really well this season. But Jesse, those blue jeans, unacceptable. I know Pep Guardiola does it occasionally, but that's Pep. He's, he's allowed. He's earned the right. Listen, blue jeans in five seasons' time, it's not getting a question mark uh, from me. But you've got to be dressing like Mikel Arteta. A little bit of that athleisure wear. I don't know where, <laughs> they, I don't know where the managers get their, 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 their trainers from. But uh, there's definitely a shop that like, Arteta and Guardiola go to where they, where they get dressed. But yeah, it was, it was an unacceptable mistake from him today. Um, and yeah, I, I think the result was what he deserved for that fashion choice. Um, okay, let's move on to... Oh, Granite Jacker. Is, Johnny, is is Granite Jacker spoiling us? Do we deserve these types of performances? I thought his footwork today was exceptional. I thought he's, uh, he's tight control. Um, he's, he's dainty passes. Uh, he's aggression moving the ball forward. I thought he was brilliant out there uh, today. I, I think he's genuinely playing like a top three number eight in the Premier League at the moment. Um, it was rough. I think Thomas Partey was the problem in, in that midfield and maybe a bit of Martin Erdegaard today. I thought Granite Jacker was good. What did you think about him today? Yeah, I think it's a testament to the fact that when you see performances like this of Granite nowadays, no one's surprised. The guy is playing at a really high level. I know exactly the moment you're talking about with those twinkle toes. Absolutely a fully fledged member of the piss-taking gang. Um, and that's, for, you know, we've got a few cliques that have developed due to the kind of content we put out there, but I think you can be a Saliba Ultra, you can be, you know, Ramsdalian, and all come under the banner of the piss taker gang. Because Granite showed some stuff today where he's like, don't try and tackle me. It's through your legs, through your legs, done a little twizzle, and then it's being spread down the wing. And it's just, it's a different gravy. These guys are journeymen. Jack Harrison, mate, to be honest, he's not even the worst guy. You know, click running out there. Don't try and tackle me. You're not as good as me. Whack. Round you. Really, really good stuff from Granite. And I do like the fact that, you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but you're usually you're used to talking about him as being one of the most fragile mental, uh, men, uh, fragile mentalities in the team, someone you could get at. Now, 
It's the opposite. At the end of the game, when Martinelli's gone over, you know, and I think Tyler Adams is trying to bundle over him and studs are in there and Granite's in there. And, you know, usually Granite gets himself in these situations and someone pushes him and then he's lost his head and he's off trying to push someone and prove a point. And it's a minimum of a yellow card. And you're like, why do you do this, Granite? Why? Now he doesn't do it. He just comes in, he chats some shit, and he keeps himself to himself. He goes, right, go on, I'm going to wind you up, but I'm not going to get sent off today because we are interested in going right to the very top, back to the top, because we're top of the league. And, um, you know, I, I, I could not... I can't speak highly enough of the guy. I think... I don't know. I don't. I don't know of any other content providers out there that put their name quickly enough on this being the Granite Jacka Redemption Tour than I did. I said it very, very early. I said, this is what I think the storyline will end up being. And, you know, he's not, he's, he's just delivering. It, it's, it wasn't, it's not a flash in the pan. It's not a couple of good games. Like at the start of the season, people thought it might be. It's, he has evolved. He's finally found a place. He's found someone who believes in him and he's found a coach that is willing to, put him in the right situations to succeed. And when you can see that, not just through his play, but also through his temperament, you know that something's going right. So well done to Xhaka. Uh, you know, uh, I love the fact he's getting the love from the fans. It's fully deserved. And it just seems like if we are going to do anything special, it's going to be, you know, under a, a Xhaka steam power this year. He, he is certainly moving, moving the needle for us. Yeah, not uh, and not enough ever gets said about the dark arts of Granite Jacker. When when he gets feels a nudge under pressure, he falls on the ball. And I thought there was a little there was a little point in the second half where he went down and he stayed down for a long time. He uh, he drew he drew out the physio and he sat there and Arteta gave a little bit of a team talk. I mean, it wasn't particularly effective team talk, but the thought was still there. Um, yeah, I love the granite um, the granite redemption. I thought his one touch passing was. Absolutely outrageous today. I think I don't think there's uh, anybody that did better out of that all or nothing documentary outside of Arteta than Granite yeah. Jacker because now everyone sees you know oh that's why they all give him the captain's armband because he really is the uh, the shadow captain of this Arsenal team. So I, I'm, I'm glad that he was on the on on the right side of three points today. He just gets better and better. And, and what I love about him and I'm I'm touching all the wood here. He um he doesn't really get injured. He's he's mm-hmm. a really really robust player. I know he had a you know a couple of months out last season when we missed him, but I think he's been brilliant this season. And uh, you know it was another great show of leadership out there. And you know he'll be extremely happy going onto the team bus. Um, and I do I do love that. There's there's none of this. You know at the start of the season, so many fans were coming onto La Grove saying the the biggest mistake of the season was not selling Granite Jacker. We can't be taken seriously as a club. Because Granite Jacker is still in the starting eleven, despite you know it's not like he's, this is his first good season. Granite Jacker was great last season; he was great the season before. Um, and now they're all now they're all deleting their tweets. But you know what? They can't delete comments off of the Grove because I control them. I'm coming. <laughs> I've got the receipts for every single one of you. All right, okay. Let's move on to um... yes, yeah, Stepanov sixty nine. We know we know who you are. We'll trace you. Oh, and we're it... gonna find you. We're gonna find you. All right, let's talk about something positive again. Uh, Bakayo Saka, uh, first chunk of the season before the international break, he was just Mr. Assists, didn't want to put it in the net. Then a few people said during the international break, he needs to score a few goals if he wants to be taken seriously. He's back, Johnny. He's back. Uh, the difference maker once again. 
that 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 finish was unacceptably good, unacceptable to take on that angle, and it, and and it wasn't a mistake. He knew exactly where he was hitting that ball. Um, Johnny, is he back to his best? Have we got a little mini Mo Salah in the team? Uh, is you know this is this is someone that's only twenty one years old and he's just doing crazy things on the pitch. He really is uh, England's best man, but I think he's back to being Arsenal's best player again. What do you think? Well, he is. <laughs> Look, I'm not being funny. Right, do you know what? I'm now going to draw on, as evidence, my fantasy league team. And you guys all know, and I know you're watching there, you're people in the comments, you've seen the AOP League, and you've seen me, and you've seen me starting to make tracks up there. And I played my wild card a couple of weeks ago, and I took Gabby Martinelli out, a man who was grabbing all the headlines and who's been absolutely scintillating. I said, no more. Jesus, you're out the team. Saka. I'm I'm just I'm getting money together for this guy because I know it's time for him to switch on. And overall, I've said it many times before, when push comes to shove, the only other person I I think really gets into the conversation personally is Saliba and we'll wait and see he's still in development, but I think Granite Jack, I I think Bukayo Saka is our best player. He he ultimately will be our best player because I do think his end game is Mo Salah. That's who I think that we're, we're heading towards. And when you're starting to roll in, in behind, and give me batter-shooter finishes at the near near post, what's that? Don't dive. Whack. Don't dive. Literally batty goal. Batty goal Mele- batty goal. Making Melio look like, you know, a floundering, floundering David Seaman uh, in the stage where he couldn't get off the ground. And it was just a wallop into the top corner at the near post. And you just go, you take your hat off. It was just devastating. And not everyone has that in their locker. They don't. But it's the pace. And you know what? I thought one of the reasons why Leeds managed to get back into the game was because Arsenal obviously lost control, but partly because they stopped being able to get the ball to Saka. He was absolutely terrorising his fullback. They don't want any of it with him. And I do think that you've got... He's peaking just at the right time for England in the World Cup. Once again, I think he's going to be... I mean, if he wasn't our best player in the Euros, he was very close. Um, Obviously, Sterling pushed him close. And, you know, Kane always gets goals, skanky goals, penalties. But there you go. But I think Saka is... He's a a must-start for England. um, And he's a guy who is delivering at the highest level. Premier League looks easy for Saka nowadays. It's getting to the stage where, again... You look around Europe, some of them big teams, they'll know Saka's name. They ain't seen him for a while in the Champions League. They'll know about him. I remember when they tried that Super League and Florentino Perez was like, you know, and they're like, oh, well, Arsenal were in there. <laughs> they're finishing eighth at the moment. And like, oh, I think Saka could be the, one of the biggest players in the league. Because they know. They know about this guy. I mean, how much, how much is Saka worth? Crazy, crazy money. Obviously, we wouldn't be selling. But, you know, I'm just saying, it, it would be... Cr- he is easily one of the best attacking options, young options in Europe by a long way. He's sensational. And um, it's great to see. I, I, I think this form will continue, certainly up until the World Cup. And he, and what is what is so effective at the moment, and I'll just end on this, the reason why we may do something is because we've got a right-left combo all of a sudden. We're not some, you know, we're not some lazy boxer working a jab. We've got a left and a right. Martinelli started us off buttering people up, and now Saka's coming in with the haymakers. And right now, I think, you know, he is a very, very hard player to play against. Not even the best fullbacks in the league will envy playing Saka. 
he makes mincemeat out of them and, it, and it's great to watch him. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about uh, Martinelli offering something on the other side. It felt like last season, if, if it wasn't happening for Saka, it wasn't happening for Arsenal. Uh, this season, it's a, there's a big difference. Like, you, you can't... Uh, you can't go easy on the right or the left. There's unpredictability. But I love that Saka, he's just a slow starter. It's just a bit sleepy um, when the season kicks off. And he, he waits until after the first international break. And then he starts coming with the goals. Um, he's been the difference maker. He's going to be a difference maker for the rest of the season. I, I, and I was, I was actually messaging with a Spurs fan yesterday. They were talking about, you know, we were talking about where Spurs or Arsenal would finish. And he said, it, it really depends on what happens at the World Cup. And I, I tend to agree because if England go far in the World Cup, it, it can be mentally exhausting. Um, and Saka is 21 years old and you never know what sort of shape they're going to come back in. But if England go out nice and early, then he's going to get three weeks rest and he's going to absolutely bang in the second half of the season. Um, I, I don't think England will go out in the last, you know, I don't think England are going out of the group stages. I think England are semi-finals of the World Cup. Like Southgate will get it right. The team's just too good for that not to happen. And I, I do worry what impact that's going to have on Saka because he really is going to be integral to any sort of run that we have at the top three this season. But and do you know, sorry, Pete, just to jump on as well, and I, I, I will let you finish. You know, um, we talked about uh, Saliba almost taking Van Dyke's powers, like Highlander. You know, there can be only one. He's literally, to, or, or Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat, your soul is mine. Saka has taken Salah's soul. It was mentioned, it's, some of the people in the comments were there as well, mentioning the dip in form with Salah. Maybe there's something to it. They, you know, maybe Salah, Saka and. Um, Saliba were walking down the corridor, saw Van Dyke and Salah and bumped into them and just absorbed all their energy. Because I tell you what, they're not the same again. And we may have the new Van Dyke and the new Salah. And I tell you what, if we have, we might just be right in well, it to the end in this You're, you're saying that, Johnny. I, I've just watched... Uh, oh, Man City just scored uh, Foden oh. at the near post off of, a, off of a Harlan shot. Mo Salah threw on goal, like clear threw on goal and mm. he put it wide. Maybe maybe Saka stole his goal scoring prowess because he'd normally score that. Um be interested to see if this goal gets disallowed. Um yeah, I'm I'm with Orange Studio here as well. He said selling Saka would be a crime against humanity. Absolutely, but I would like him to get onto that deal right now because uh I get a little bit getting a little bit twitchy. Get a little bit twitchy on that deal. Um all right, okay. So um moving on to kind of like one of our final topics. Uh ha- Leeds sussed us in the second half today. There's no doubt about it. There's some Leeds fans watching this video right now. Leeds were sensational in the second half. Bamford, of all players, had his way with us. Um, we were getting pulled all over the place. Our midfield was virtually anonymous. We didn't um, defend from the front. And we got battered. And our high line was like brutally exposed. Um, Johnny, there's always a moment where people kind of suss out how to play against teams. Maybe not Liverpool or City, but I think it will happen to Spurs at some point. I don't think they can play that that, that game of football all season long without getting uh, getting turned over at some point. Did you watch that game and think, ah, uh, is that is this one of the games where teams go, all right, if you brutally press Arsenal, this is what will happen? Or was it an off day um, because we've been dealing with this sort of pressure all season? Did Jesse Marsh suss Arsenal? And should we be worried going into the Southampton game? Um, it's an interesting, you know, point to think on. 
But I, I, there's two points I'd make on it. Goal disallowed. One, Yay! Nil-nil still. Furious. Oh, <laughs> man, he is. Just Arsenal have set yeah. a phenomenal pace, and he's desperate for the win. He wants to keep pace with the leaders. Anyway, look, let's break this down. It's worrying because we have one loss this season in a game we didn't deserve to lose. I think we've married it up with today because I don't think we deserve to win today. Not really. But um, I love that we did. I love winning when we don't necessarily deserve to win. But when you look at what the way that they were getting in against us, remarkably similar to the Man United games, uh, Man United goals, balls in behind, quite, quite frankly, straight balls in behind. If the pressure is not there in midfield and there is not the, you know, there's not pressure on the ball holder when strikers have the opportunity to run in behind. We can look very vulnerable. But the reason why we haven't been looking so vulnerable is because our midfield have been so tight and condensed and so hungry that we get to them very quickly, um, which basically means that there aren't too many of those um, positions unfolding. And the ones that do, a lot of the time, Saliba with his pace will just hoover it up. We had a bit of a perfect storm in the fact that Saliba had his worst game, didn't look completely out. It looked a little bit tired based off of his game in midweek. And we had players like Thomas Party who just took the second half off, quite frankly. Certainly weren't snapping into uh, challenges. Married that with Gabriel Jesus' lack of, you know, um, uncharacteristic lack of running. And suddenly, without that pressure on the ball, there were just players just playing, clipping balls into the channels. And they're just running it in on our goal all the time. And that is worrying. The other side of that is that I believe what it actually comes down to is we've got a particular style of play. Um, Arteta has found a very good system which will make mincemeat of a lot of teams. But what it requires is players playing at full capacity, at full levels of running and athleticism. And we cannot carry people in this um, style of play. If we have more than, you know, maybe one or two people taking it off, not doing their usual level of running, we can start looking very vulnerable quickly because we'll give them space in behind because it's the way that we want to push up. And so, no, I don't think we've been sussed out because the only way you can suss us out is if you can do it when we're playing at our best and no one's been able to do that. But what it does show is that we need players playing at their best. Otherwise, you know, we'll give teams opportunities. And I do think that one of the ways that you do that, particularly against lesser op- opposition, no no disrespect to the people, Leeds fans in this, uh, in this chat room, um, it is lesser opposition when you think we've been playing against Liverpool or, you know, Tottenham the week before, scumbags. Well, you have to be able to put players who are fresh and hungry onto the pitch who may not be at the same technical ability, like your Eddie and Kettias. You know, Fabio Vieira, very good technically sound, but not necessarily at the same uh, level of Martin Erdegaard currently. But they've at least got the running in their legs. And that's what we need as a minimum. So if there are going to be players tired, we need them out the team and replaced with players who are hungry and ready to go in every against every opponent, possibly outside of, you know, the biggest games. Yeah, I, I think it was a I think it was a bad day at the office. I mean, it's just that some of that second half reminded me a little bit of what Newcastle did to us. Like heavy pressure, bravery goes out of the window, people fall asleep and we kind of just let the game happen um, to us. I do think that 
you know, Matt was, you know, basically calling Bodo a, a pub team. You know, that's a team that have won 14 um, European games at home in a row. They're no mugs. They're, their coach was being tapped up by Brighton. You know, they're a well-organized team playing on AstroTurf. And the, one of the hardest away days to go to is Leeds just in general. But it's definitely hard to go there after you've been to the Arctic Circle um, for the weekend. So I just... Um, I just hope that there's a there's a good response against PSV in the week. I hope that we rotate when we need to rotate. And I hope that, you know, we do need to learn to play three games a week because next season there won't be an excuse. You want to play in the Champions League? It's Arsenal versus Barcelona in the first round because we won't have a, a high seeding in European competition. You've got to play all your top teams and fatigue cannot be an excuse over and over again. The best teams in the league play 64 games in the season and that's where we've got to be. If um, you know, And I appreciate next season we'll probably have a, a deeper squad, a lot of interest in free transfers next summer that I'm sure will be willing to come to Arsenal if we're in the top four. But the important thing today is, for me, we've set a record for the best start ever. Last last two seasons, it, it felt like we were always setting new new records at new lows. This season, we've set a record for the best start ever, which is absolutely incredible. And that was our one bad performance in 10. Spurs have had nine bad performances. You know, let's be honest. They haven't they haven't been convincing all season. So um I'm excited. I just hope that I hope that we we can go into that Southampton game and, and rectify um, so, you know, the, the error that we had earlier on in the season when we were in that Champions League run. Beating Southampton is an absolute must. Beating Forest is an absolute must. And then you win those two games, you are going to be in the top two or three heading into the World Cup. And that is all we wanted. That is all we wanted. And it's a bit of a stretch goal. We're, we're, you know, we're hitting the stretch goal right now. No one expected us to be here. Not even me. Not even me. So um, I think it's all pretty exciting. All right, um, Johnny, we are we are at the hour mark. Um, it's uh, that time of show where I'm going to ask you uh, for the AOP AOB. Hit us with it, Johnny. Right. So this is something that we we started with these comments about the fact that I am now a father to two children. We celebrate the birth of my uh, second son this week, which was great. But a, a, a situation came up, which... I just found, <laughs> I've got to share it with our audience, right? So my wife and I had decided, we were trying to decide on names and we were really like, I, I, I was like, I don't think we're ever going to decide on names. We did that Tinder name thing, right? Where you put all the baby's names into like Tinder and you swipe for names you'd accept. And literally we'd done like 300 names, couldn't match on one name. We like completely different names, right? Eventually we obviously found a name uh, in Otis that we both liked. But there was another name as well that was in there. I don't even need to say. But basically, um, my wife comes out of a line, which a lot of people say, and I have a problem with it. And she's like, I think we should wait till we see the baby before we name them because we might just see it and know it. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's a baby. What do you think you're going to sit there and see a little newborn with his, you know, malleable skull, like pointed up like a little garden gnome and go, yep, that looks like a Keith to me. You know, we don't, we don't, you don't know what that baby's name's going to be. Decide on the name and guess what? They'll grow into it. So anyone who's out there going, oh, I think we should wait till we see the little baby's face before we name it. I'm calling bullshit on it. Name your child and stick to it. That's my AOP, AOB. Bit disappointed you didn't call him Thierry. You know what? There's always that conversation that gets had, but you know, and and Big Bill. So to be fair, my little son was like, 
my son, who, who's obviously three now, I was like, yeah, his name is Otis. And he was like, no, Bill. And I was like, I'll tell you what, you, you might have something there. But you, you would always know that it had a French twist to it, but no one else would. Exactly. Like, exactly. No one's going to be like, Bill, how sophisticated. How fancy. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's a lovely, uh, any other bit. I don't have any other business other than sign up to our Patreon, subscribe to this podcast and leave us a little five-star rating. Thank you for coming to join us after the game. We love having you in the comments. It's a vibrant comment section, even better when there are Leeds fans in here crying. I grew up not being a big fan of Leeds, but I love what you're doing at Leeds at the moment, but I'm sorry. Getting a cheeky win at Ellen Road feels really good. And Arsenal is still top of the league. Nothing in this Liverpool game can change that. But a nil-nil draw would look pretty nice right now with 63 minutes in. Fingers crossed uh, that that's a stalemate. But um, Haaland's going through the middle right now. Oh, he's nearly scored again. That man is a beast. Okay, um, we'll say on that note, uh, let's sign. Let's get that sign-off music. And we'll say ciao for now. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.